Hello, Marketing Blabs listeners, and welcome to a special edition of our podcast, Team Blab. In these bonus episodes, we'll chat with the incredible team at Marketing Labs, the masters behind the scenes who work tirelessly to bring you the best digital marketing performance, strategies, and insights for your business. We'll dig into their unique stories, discover what drives their passion for marketing, and of course, uncover some interesting facts and surprises along the way. So sit back, relax, and join us as we take you on a journey through the world of digital marketing from one extraordinary team member at a time. Today's Team Blab, I've got Rich Bloomfield. He is our paid media manager here at Marketing Labs. How are you doing today, Rich? Not too bad, thank you. Are you excited for the Team Blab? Very. A bit nervous. All the way up from Ipswich, just for this. 150 miles for this. (laughs) Let's hope it's worth it. I'm sure it will be. So, what have you been up to today, to start off the day? Well, I've been checking some of our accounts, how they've done in the last sort of 24 hours, because it takes uh, Google a little bit of time to update. So I've just checked them. It all looks very good. Good. Some good yep. keeping the performance ticking. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping the wheels of ads going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Keep the wheels of ads going. <laughs> You'll find that I come out with some tosh when I'm speaking, but you just have to roll with it. As long as you're okay. happy. So I always like to start off the interview by obviously finding a little bit more about yourself. And usually a good one is to find out like what, what was your first job? Well, my first job um, was picking tomatoes. Oh. Uh, but, uh, well, I suppose even before that, it was actually a, new, uh, a paper round. But my first proper job uh, I suppose after university was as an accountant. Okay. Uh, a firm of accountancy, good firm, and I did it for a week and a half before I realised this was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so that was my first proper job. Nice. So after you were an accountant, then that try and week and a half, yeah, <laughs> week and a half as an accountant. Try and piece together a little journey from me of how you went from there to where you are now. Right. So. After a little bit of uh, trying to work out what I wanted to do, I decided I wanted to work in the city Mm because that seemed to be the thing at that time. (laughs) Yeah, Probably still is now. It's good money. It seemed like a good lifestyle. Uh, And I applied for loads of jobs. I I absolutely got lucky. Mm. And I think one of my uh, things I would always say to people is make your own luck. And I applied for quite a lot of jobs. And I got one straight in as a as a stockbroker proper stockbroker nice simply because they did loads of interviews and i was the only person who knew the answer to one particular question which i happened to happen to have uh, read up on mm. and they thought well that i must be the right person for the job so i kind of fell into it i was quite lucky yeah because loads of people at the time wanted to work in the city work in finance and i just sort of got straight in straight in the door so no sort of prior training no. in stockbroking no. or anything like that you just got straight in there straight straight in without any relevant qualifications other than the fact that they seem to think i'll be the right kind of person <laughs> for it and what a what a good choice they made yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so 
did you do majority of your training on the job then? Yeah, it's all on the job. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. I remember it was for Japanese uh, stockbrokers, and um, they almost daily uh, one of the uh, sort of head head of sales would sort of say pretty much these exact words: "Many phone calls makes much business." Nice. So the idea was you called lots of people, lots of financial institutions, yeah. and try and get in the door, mm. so to speak. And it's yeah. just getting your foot in the door. That's the f- the first thing. And then I uh, remember the first time I did a, a big order, mm. it was almost sort of like completely unexpected. It was about 50 million yen, which is probably about, at that time, would have been maybe half a million pounds. Oh That's the first trade I did. Nice. for half a million pounds, and we earned quite a good commission on it. But it's almost like... Um, Unless unless you really sort of work at it, work hard, mm. you, you won't get results. And yeah. so I was quite quite driven in that respect. But but it was also quite a, a tough job as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Was it all Japanese specific stocks then? It, it uh, yeah, Japanese stuff? shares, and also um, without getting into too much detail, uh, derivatives. Okay. So things like warrants and options and convertible bonds. So they're they're basically variations of of shares really, nice different types of share so what was the journey after you'd done your stockbroker job what? well i did that for i worked for two different banks the second job was more of a trader so i was giving a, a budget to mm. go out and buy and sell things and yeah. make money which was quite nice yeah I, I did enjoy that but the problem was at that time the bubble had burst in japan for the stock market so it's quite uh um, tough going quite tough going and all the banks were sort of either going bankrupt or merging with each other so the writing was on the wall and I wanted to do something d- different and I think this comes back to what I was saying earlier about one of my colleagues saying this internet thing will never take off <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought we well I, th- I don't agree with that I think it will so I, I decided I want to have a career change and go into doing something related to the internet, yeah. buying some domain names, setting up some websites. And I did do a little, little bit of that, but it led to me getting a job as a website manager at the Woodland Trust. Okay. So another um, another sort of passion of my life is the environment. Yeah. And, uh, so it's actually a good fit for me. Nice. Managing the website. It's a big organization. Yeah. I think they're probably about 200 people. And I. so that's my second kind of career as kind of website manager. Okay. And I also, after about eight or nine years, I took up a similar job at the British Lung Foundation. So that's a health charity, quite a large charity mm-hmm. again, but um, a rival to the British Heart Foundation. But this was lungs. So okay. uh, uh, that, was a, that was a really interesting job. So you like doing your bit for charities and, and giving back? Yeah, and, yeah and I, I got, don't worry, I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the main thing. As long as you got paid, but you like helping. Yeah, and... I, I, there's definitely a, a plus to stuff that's interesting. That's mm. interesting to you. And yeah. I thought um, you work with a lot of medical prof- uh, professionals in that job. I thought that was very mm. interesting, mm. seeing things from a different angle. Yeah. So that was my second career. And then my third career, I would say, is more on the sort of on- online marketing, which is what I do now. Yeah. And that's how I first met Matt. You've worked with Matt for quite a while now, haven't you? If you include marketing labs and that job. Yes, it must be must be in the region of 10 years, probably wow. something like that. So that's my third career. So that's how you got to marketing labs. You met yeah. Matt in a previous job yeah. and then Matt offered you a job to work with him. Is that right? Uh, yeah, well, except we probably, um, he, he obviously wanted to set up an agency and mm. I was uh, unemployed at the time for the same reason that yeah. he was unemployed. We won't go there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and we said, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do nice. it. So, yeah. And here we are. And here we are. Ten years later. 
less like less than 10 years i think that was 2016 if mm. i remember correctly yeah wow i remember it's around that time because i've recently put in my 100th uh, invoice <laughs> So one a month <laughs> to get paid. <laughs> but then I remembered I didn't actually start at one because I thought it would look a bit funny to start at one. It looks a bit amateur. So I may have started at seven or eight. Or nine, like, yeah. Make it look good. Just make it. Yeah. That, that was where the, um, I, I guess, the accountancy brain came into it. Yeah. Make yeah. It, look it doesn't legit. look good to just start at one. <laughs> yeah. It's like when people write dictionaries, they don't start at A. They start in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. M. And then they work through it and get I'm better I'm not very at good it. with dictionaries yeah. or words. Yeah. Just pictures okay and colors yeah just just while we're on that subject we mm. have a we have a debate in the office of spreadsheets and mm-hmm. who's the best at between josh and steven are you, ah, are you i any, didn't i wasn't aware of this but are you uh, any good at spreadsheets do you like a good formula to some extent mm. uh, but i would probably only if you're talking excel i'll probably only use a few percent of the what's available so i wouldn't put myself as a i do like a spreadsheet but it's got to be fairly simple yeah you know columns and a few simple sum formulas and things like that nothing clever nothing massive percentages is about far as i can go and i can do a pull out a a nice chart as well nice so yeah but i'm I'm probably not in the we all like a good chart i'm I'm probably yeah a league or two below the premier status (laughs) of of my colleagues yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's always nice to know that you can go to someone who is Good at them, well, yeah. or in the Premier well, League, I, as you I'll, say. Uh, yeah, if if I need a Premier League uh, Excel spreadsheet, uh, go professional, to. I know who to go to. Who would you go to, Stephen or Josh? Whoever was free at the time. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what would you say is the most difficult part of your day to day job? The most difficult part. Well, the the difficulty with a job is improving performance mm. because the the more you improve things, the harder it is to keep improving them. So yeah. quite often when we've taken on a new account, yeah. there's loads of easy wins that you can pick off and the performance jumps. Mm. But a year down the line, you still want to improve things and it gets harder and harder. Mm. So I, I suppose that's the you run out of room to improve things. Is that because Google are constantly changing things as well? Do you think that's a big factor in that? Google is always changing things. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the interest of the client that they're changing things. Mm. So uh, one of the things I would recommend people avoid is following all the recommendations that Google make for each account. Yeah. Because I think you have to pick the ones that are more in the client's interest than, than Google's. Yeah. So there's that to think about. A, a constant improvement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a bit like they say about Formula One. If you're not um, in not improving, you're going backwards. Yeah, that's a so. good uh, good way of thinking about it. But what? So you've got the the hardest part is continually improving. But what would you say is your favourite part of of your job? When you try something, try something new, yeah, and you expect it to fail, and unexpectedly it works. Yeah, yeah. It, when something works, it's always nice. Like testing and breaking things, and constantly trying new things to make things work i guess uh yeah but say so you can be surprised because some uh, there's been a few occasions where i've tried something thought, this will never work mm. and then it works yeah but then there are probably more occasions you think this will work really well and it yeah. doesn't work so mm. and in fact probably the sort of success rate is probably 20 percent. so 80 percent of what you do either works averagely or poorly mm. But it's obviously finding that 20% and then honing in yeah. and doing more of that 20% that works. Yeah. Finding the sweet spot, 
as they say. I often use that term, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, so, obviously, when you went from your... You went from stockbrokering, remind me where you went after stockbrokering. To be a website manager. Website manager. And then you worked with Matt as... Uh, what was the role with Matt in the previous... Um, uh, an e-commerce role. Oh, right, I can't okay. remember the actual job title, but I'm not big with job titles. I just... <laughs> <laughs> was there anyone <laughs> in particular that sort of got you into digital or did you just sort of fall well, into Well, it's just role? a progression from... Yeah. Uh, be, being a, a website manager for a charity means you're not particularly focused on e-commerce revenue, but you are focused on people engagement and kind of getting a bigger audience mm. getting a message out there yeah so with with e-commerce it's 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 money yeah, whereas yeah. when you're managing a website it's lots of other issues to do with you know events and news and getting people involved and telling stories and getting information out there makes sense what do you think is the most valuable lesson that you've learned throughout your career don't go with the herd nice so usually when pe- everyone says you should do this, it's usually the time to stop doing it and do something different. Nice. It's a good way of doing things, I guess. So I'm in that sense, I'm a contrarian. But there, there's also a lot of people say, well, if you go with the, the flow, yeah. that, that's where you know, that's, that's a good direction to go in. But mm. I'm, I'm more of a contrarian. Would you say you are an introverted person or extroverted or in between? In between. Yeah. <laughs> Like to get. In some things I'm extroverted, in others I'm quite introverted, so it's kind of a bit of both. So we found we found a little bit about how you got to where you are now and your work mm. past, but I'm interested to learn a, bit, a little bit more about you on a personal level. Okay. Do you Did you have any nicknames at school? Yes. Um, bloomers. Bloomers, yeah. yeah that, now I you'll was know, literally you'll, just thinking you'll that. You'll know as a cricketer <laughs> yeah. that it's essential to add E-R-S to yeah. everyone's shortened version of their name. <laughs> yeah. Just to, well, <laughs> Thomas. Mean, Tom, <laughs> I'm not sure whether Thomas worked. Tom was just fine for me. I didn't get Haslamers either. That doesn't work, ha- does ha- it? Hazards. Hazard, yeah, Hazard. Yeah, I did have Hazard a yeah. few times. Yeah, that's Hazard, an interesting yeah, one. Hazard. I'm glad you said a, a safe one because we don't mark these as explicit. But okay. anyway, thank you for sharing <laughs> that nickname. So what do you do outside of work? What What do you like to do? Have you got any hobbies? Um... Uh, well, I play a bit of football, although it's probably not proper football. It's walking football, so that means you're not running around. Although, frankly, mostly we're running around So because we still think we're 25. <laughs> um, so I do that. Nick turns of... up to walking football. Has he? Yeah. I didn't realise he was old enough. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might not look it, but Nick's forty-five. I would have never thought it. No. So no. yeah, yeah, that is the this the strike price in terms of age. <laughs> uh, sorry, going back to my city days, talking about strike prices. But um, yeah, that is the age where where you go from running around to uh, walking when you play football. So. I can imagine. Does it get quite competitive walking? Football? Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it like yeah, a and there are competitions as well? Oh, nice. So. Um, they get very competitive. You'll, you'll get people getting kicked and stuff in those where it's supposed to be no no contact. Nice. That's one of the uh, rules of walking football. It's supposed to be no no contact. contact. But everyone we also we also have our own variation of, of rules and that we we only have three touch, mm. okay. uh, which is pretty uh, particularly annoying because it takes me two touches to get the ball in control. <laughs> so um, uh, we we often that's quite, quite. I'm basically encourages passing if yeah. you, as opposed to tackling. Would you say you're a 
Iniesta controlling the, the play, or are you a, a front man? Where do you play? Or is it sort uh, of everywhere? Well, uh, more kind of roaming. <laughs> it's required to So it's normally role. five or six sides. So, so, you know, yeah. uh, we all like to go up front. We know that. So uh, we do take it in turns to go in defence. Nice. But, uh, um, what about yeah. goalies? Do you have like someone, or do you just uh, we, Well, we've been about? quite lucky because uh, we, we normally have two teams so we can play against each other, okay. which is a bit, a bit embarrassing if we only had one it, team it does help. to play. <laughs> uh, and we do occasionally do competition, but we're lucky enough to have two people who like going goal. I hate going in goal because mm. you mostly get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking fingers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've got two goalkeepers, so that, that really helps. My favourite, I have two favourite expressions. One I probably only use once a year when I've hit the ball correctly, which is back of the net. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> and the other one is um, straight off the training pitch. That's when we've passed the ball three or four times and yeah. scored nice. as, as though it was from the training yeah. pitch. You've all uh, been working together to create this yeah. move Illusion. that shocks the opponent. Yeah. They don't know what's hit them. Yeah. It, just now and again. Now and again it all go to plan and that's, that's very satisfying when it when it does so you like your football yep so what does your morning routine look like oh okay coffee yeah um nothing will happen before i have a coffee uh, i've also make about spent about 10 minutes making cereal <laughs> so i've got my own mix which isn't just uh oats but it's about five or six other things i right. make that and that will last me all day which is how come I've got such a slender figure yep. is because I basically don't eat anything during the day apart from the odd mouthful of my secret cereal mix. Secret? So yeah. you're not um, willing to share the secret cereal mix recipe? I, I think it's possibly you need a whole podcast in its own right. So <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to learn what this secret mix is, to be honest. Yeah. Sounds okay, interesting. Well, I'll, I'll sell you the formula at some point. <laughs> Excellent. I'm looking forward. But there to that. is there's a lot of a lot of footballers actually fast during the day. I'm not properly fasting because when I feel really hungry, I'll have a mouthful of this kind of yeah, cereal. Yeah. Mm. But basically, I think that's that's really helped because it's very easy to lose weight. Yeah. But it's very difficult to keep the weight off. Mm. So you shouldn't really go on a diet. You should just adjust your diet to could build good habits. Build good habits. Exactly. Nice. There's some. Golden. We're going off e-commerce, but there's... <laughs> we're going off... Yeah, well, we're on the personal section now, yeah. so it's fine. Okay. Don't worry about it. It is an interesting one that I like to ask people is, would you rather have more money or more time? A bit of both, but more money gives you more time mm. because then you probably don't have to spend 10 hours a day looking at a computer screen. Yep. So, so it is a kind of a bit of both, really. Yeah, makes sense. Mm. Good way of thinking. Right, so films. Films, mm. music, TV. What kind of films do you like? Do you, do you watch a lot of TV? A lot of box sets. I particularly like uh, comedies. So um, any, anything, Alan Partridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that in this particular uh, no. interview. No, Alan um, Partridge's quality, though. Absolutely. I would certainly recommend, on a similar kind of thing, a similar uh, comedy is an American series called Curb Your Enthusiasm okay which is largely unscripted but it's very very funny and there's probably about I'm quite jealous of people who haven't watched any of it because there's at least 10 series probably 15 episodes a series and it's brilliant mm. it's a sort of American 
Alan Partridge, really. Nice. So if you haven't seen any, that would be my uh, recommendation. I'll give it a, I'll give it a little look. Mm. What about music? What kind of music are you into? Uh, oh, I'm definitely a rock. Rock man. Rock man. Through nice. and through. Yeah. You join myself, Josh and Josie on that front then. There's no one else really in the office that likes the rock. Mm. Heavy rock, metal? Uh, the full spectrum, really. Uh, prog rock as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, probably my slight tinnitus that I have, which is a kind of ear problem, is down to going to too many Motorhead concerts. Mm. But um, and, uh, you know, I've seen some good bands, Pink Floyd, Black Sabbath, and the classics I've, I've yeah, seen. So, nice. uh, and I'm although you wouldn't call it hard rock, I am going to see Muse and Royal Blood uh, mm. next month. Which oh, be, that's cool. Should be good. Yeah, they're a good band. Then I like Royal Blood. Yeah, they are a two piece. Mm. Make a, a great sound. I don't quite know how they do that. No, it's fair play to them. We, myself, Josh, and Josie are going to see Def Leppard and Motley Crue. No oh, right. This month at Bramall yeah. Lane in Sheffield. Oh, yeah, good, good effort. So that should be good. And yeah, I have seen Def Leppard. Any good? Uh, they were then. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they are now is uh, a different. Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much at the peak. Saw them in. Elsport. We'll find out in a couple of weeks yeah. then if they've still got yeah. it. Yeah. Should be interesting. Yeah. Any other sports apart from football that you're interested in? Or uh, well, f- I used to play badminton quite a lot uh, and squash, nice. but uh, walking football's taken over. I do a little bit of yoga now. It's not a sport, but it is good exercise. I certainly yep. recommend that. For It complements football quite well because you tend to um, pull muscles and stuff, and mm. uh, I think yoga kind of helps with stretching. Well, they say the reason Ryan Giggs had a career as long as he did was because he did yoga. Yeah, he um, he used to do yoga all the time. Yeah, and I noticed one two players occasionally celebrate. Um, is a Man City player who does this yoga position when he scores. <laughs> Can uh, you show demonstrate one of your favourite? I'd have to sit on the floor. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I'm not very good at yoga. I'm about as. I'm not. Very, I didn't say I was good table. at it. I didn't say I was good at it. No, I just yeah. said I I'd go to the have class. A go. Yeah. yeah, have a go. Yeah, that's nice. about right. Yeah. Fair play to you. So I'm going to move into some off-the-wall questions now, as I've labelled them. Mm-hmm. Usually quite interesting to find out what people answer. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? It would be California. Okay. It would probably be somewhere like Malibu, where I have been to, which is on the coast. But the beautiful thing with California, apart from being an amazing state, mm. is you can you've got everything. You can go sunbathing in the morning and skiing in the evening mm. and also the lifestyle's fantastic uh, the comedy I was talking about earlier uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm that's set in Beverly Hills mm. so I'm pitching quite high there nice. Beverly Hills but that you see where I'm going with that it's interesting because everyone in, in the office went for like Australia mm. um Areas most people went for Australia anyway, but yeah, California. Have you been to California before yeah, then? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Where else in the US have you been anywhere else? Uh, I've been coast to coast, actually, Ooh, nice. uh, on a you know the Greyhound buses they have. I've been from all the way from California to New York. Wow. On a uh, on a you know obviously stopping off along the way, but uh, as a kind of across America, not flying. Nice. So um, yeah, I did that when I was a student. So I've good. never been to America. Well, in fact, I have been to America, but it was like for ten minutes. Really? Uh, from Miami, on a, I was going on a cruise for the Caribbean, and we flew out. Uh, flew out, shipped off from Miami, should I say? Mm. So, but other than that, I've not been. But I would like to go. Um, California. 
Yeah, California. I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah. I'll take your recommendation on board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting one. If you had to live on a desert island or if you were going to be moved to a desert island and you had to pick three items to take with you, what would they be? Mm, I'm not sure how much you could cheat on this, but I definitely want some kind of music player. Okay. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming being an island, you probably couldn't download anything. Mm, so you'd... maybe you have to have CDs and stuff. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how good the Wi-Fi is on the island. Uh, so some, some music. I've heard it's got player. great fibre connection around Right, there. okay, so you, then, then that would be the first thing. I'd have to have some kind of machine that makes beer. Right. So, or perhaps a brewery. Yeah, um, as opposed to a machine that makes it a brewery. So I'm, I'm not asking much. <laughs> it's a um, big item that. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you. You have didn't it. specify the size of <laughs> no, the item uh, and an unlimited supply of crisps. Oh, so, are you a crisp uh, again, man? I do like crisps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Savory, or is the way forward. Oh, savory. What else is there? Sweet. Yeah, I'm. I'm Sweet not chili or something. It's, no, yeah. It's, uh, do you like your spicy crisps? Um, like jalapeno, there's a a max strong one that I like. They're like okay, a, but I, I would still probably go for the classics. You know, your sort of salt um, and vinegars, uh, cheese and onion, oh. and smoky bacon, those kind of yeah, yeah the classics, uh, classic you know. ones. Yeah. About the roast chicken that walks. The roast chicken, yeah, yeah, definitely great off selection. That, yeah, yeah. We, I could sit here for hours and talk to you about crisps. Mm. So I'm a crisp man. Mm. Coffee. Perhaps that's another podcast. <laughs> Let's that's two it. we've now come up with. So yeah. there's my uh, cereal um, uh, recipe. And hey, wouldn't you take crisp. your cereal with you to the desert island? Probably ought to, actually. <laughs> but yeah, you restricted me to three items. Yeah. So, what um, was your third one again? I forgot. Well, there's music. Uh, I forgot. No. Brewery. Did we, brewery, we, yeah. We did we, if you allowed, brewery and then crisps. All right, yeah. Sorry. I've, I've to- we've just been talking about crisps. We digressed. Anyway, mm. if you could have a coffee with anyone in the world... Dead or alive, who would it be and why? Warren Buffett. I have no idea who that is. He is one of the wealthiest people in the world. He's a friend of Bill Gates. Okay. In fact, he's given most of his money, which is in the hundreds of billions, mm. to Bill Gates to you know help the world or whatever Bill Gates does. Nice. Very clever guy. Uh, made all his money from investing in companies. Mm-hmm as opposed to just in the stock market. Yeah. So, for example, he owns a big chunk of Coca-Cola, he owns a big part of McDonald's, but bought these 30, 40 years ago and held on to them. Nice. Very clever man and, uh, you know, very nice guy and very generous. So, But but when, when I said earlier about going against the flow, there's a good example of someone who doesn't go with the herd. Mm. He Changes does his own up. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's probably why he's... As so successful, successful is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting you chose one person because normally the question is what it's three people party, would you yeah. have at dinner party? Yeah, it's it's always hard to do that because when you've got someone like Matt on a podcast episode, mm-hmm. you give him one option, mm-hmm. and then he'll reel off about twenty. Yeah. Or if you say what's your favourite five films, he'll he'll read ten. So it was like a bit of a challenge mm-hmm. to give him mm-hmm. and everybody okay. else because yeah. okay. you can't give people too much, can you? Too much choice. It's too much not choice. A good thing. No, yeah. it's not. Cash. If mm-hmm. you won ten million pounds tomorrow, mm-hmm. what would you spend it on? The the classics, I suppose. Um, cars, houses, yep. wine. But I would definitely put probably half of it aside to buy some land and plant trees on it. Nice. Yeah. So, you're you... so I have my own forest. Yeah. Bloomers. Bloomers Forest. <laughs> Bloomers Forest. Yeah. We could do a logo for you. We could that. probably get you know several 
hundred or maybe a thousand acres or something plant and plant yeah. trees that'd be your own forest that'd be i'll do you a logo for it yeah and i'll charge you a million the message boards and stuff like that yeah, yeah. one okay. million pound for that <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, try I'll, I'll have a go uh no it's nice that you give some money back to the environment and because i know you said you're quite keen on the environment do you do anything else with environmental impact i do i'm part of a, a project called green new Ipswich, okay which is to, aims to try and make the town center in Ipswich greener okay so planting more trees more planters green walls this kind of thing hang even hanging baskets so we find it just to make anything anything we can do to get the town center in Ipswich to be more attractive uh it's suffering the same kind of problems as most towns in that you know quite a high percentage of the shops have closed and mm. it's gradually being repurposed yeah higher residential that kind of thing but most of the residential um won't have gardens mm. so i think that's the way forward and hopefully it's which will be a pioneering town in that respect yeah I've although never... things are quite slow going so yeah i've never been to ipswich so i can't really comment on what it looks like or anything mm. like that but it's nice to see someone giving back which is great so moving on to like closing sort of questions in the interview now can what advice would you give to someone if they were looking to start a career in digital marketing? I would say, sure, you want to do that? No, uh, that's fine. <laughs> but I think you need a grounding in business. I think there are a lot, there are a lot of people who are probably technically a lot better than me mm. at Google Ads. Yeah. But I think I have quite a good understanding of what you need to focus on business-wise. Mm. So try and get some business background. Yeah. Uh, so if you had, if you were college or university and you had a, a business course, I would do it Yeah. if you had that option. Okay. Because just doing the technical stuff to do with e-commerce is a limited picture. But mm. if you can see a bigger picture by understanding how businesses work, mm. what are some of the best businesses in the world, why have they worked and others haven't, yeah. I think that's a good good grounding. And obviously I had that already from working in, in finance, working in the city. I knew a lot about businesses. Yeah. And I think that's if that's my edge mm. that I have over many of our competitors, mm. I, I'd say because we focus on business goals rather than BS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Brilliant. Oh, dear. Can you give any interesting books? Do you read a lot? Or uh, I do read a lot. Any I, interesting I books that you like phases, to share? I go in phases where I don't read anything for six months, and then literally I read about seven or eight books in a month. That's a good effort. Um, I don't think I've read seven or eight books in my life. Really? Yeah. I do like um, biographies. Okay. I have a lot. Of, uh, obviously, uh, Alan Partridge. <laughs> yeah. I can't Bouncing back, book, actually. I know, uh, uh, it, it's quite funny. I, I do read quite a lot of business books, but um, I've read one recently about uh, LTCM, long-term credit management. I got LTCM anyway, yeah. uh, which is a multi-billion-pound uh, hedge fund, mm. uh, which went from being worth I don't know how many tens of billions to being worth minus <laughs> in wow. the space of about five, six weeks. Big collapse. I think the book's called uh, Genius Failed, How Genius Failed or something like that. Mm. So some of the brightest people in the world mm. couldn't see the bus coming towards them, if yeah. you like. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and again, it's an interesting uh, lesson for people that even the cleverest people do make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. 
Excellent. Sounds and like particularly when you think you've got things sussed. Yeah. When you tend to make, make the mistakes. mistakes. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. You take your eye off the ball or because you're not as focused. I'd also, on a specific recommendation, uh, Henry Dimbleby's book called Ravenous. Okay. Because touching on what we said earlier about the about diet, yeah. particularly in this country, it's one of the worst diets in the world. And we just have no idea about how much our food is processed. Mm. So even if you want to eat healthily, it's quite difficult. So he touches on that side of things. And he also touches on how much damage to the environment is being done by agriculture mm. across the world. Yeah. And how we could actually, in some ways, make it more intensive, but less damaging to the environment. So, for example, using really good land mm. to grow things on and grow it very intensively. And then letting less good land go back to forestry yeah. or the woods. Excellent. So it's quite an interesting, again, it's not the conventional view, because a lot of people will say intensive farming is very bad. Mm. But but uh, I'm not saying he's saying it's good, but it's possibly one of the ways to solve our climate crisis. Nice. Some good books there. So mm. we'll put them on your description so people can have a look. Yep. Is there anything that you're looking forward to in the future? Have you got any holidays or anything for work-wise that you're looking forward to? Looking ahead, holidays, time away? Yeah, I've got a, um, a holiday booked a cottage in the Norfolk Broads. Okay, uh, Which nice. is fantastic. Look forward to hiring a boat and yeah. not sinking it. <laughs> well, I hope you don't <laughs> sink it. Is it a big boat or a little one? Well, uh, uh, well, it's a cottage that we're hiring. Uh, the boat, the boat, uh, I'll get to decide kind of boat. It'll be, it'll be quite small because I wouldn't trust myself to... Just uh, get a big massive one with sails and then <laughs> yeah. you just see you flying along, not yeah. knowing how to man it. But yeah, no, that sounds um, look, good. I'm so looking forward to going to see Muse as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that should that's be good. next month. So Muse. Muse and Royal Blood. So Yeah, I hope you enjoy them. Mm-hmm. In that note, we'll wrap the interview up. Thank you for coming on in your new gilet. Very nice font. <laughs> I don't you start with that. Did they tell you to say that on the team plan? No, that's, okay. that's me ad-libbing. That's well, that's okay. thank you for being on. Have you enjoyed it? Yes, it's uh, an experience. We've got your first podcast later as well, so that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. But thank you everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>